Welcome back for another great episode of the Married People Podcast. I'm your host, CJ, and I'm hoping you're as excited for this week as I am because we're about to talk all about how to make your marriage an adventure. For longtime listeners of the podcast, you might remember that on episode 35, when we were talking about how to have a great vacation, I mentioned that my wife and I always decide ahead of time whether our vacations are going to be relaxing or adventurous. And that filter helps us, helps Terry and I walk into our vacations with the same expectations for the trip. So whether it's an adventure or we're laying on the beach relaxing. Well, This week, we're talking all about the adventure side of those trips. And so whether you're preparing to go on an adventure with your spouse, or even if you just want to make every day a little bit more adventurous with your spouse, you're going to enjoy today's episode. And actually, for the first time ever, we have a repeat guest on the podcast, Dr. Matt Turvey, the director of Wind Shape Marriage. Now, if you listen to the previous episode that we had with Dr. Turvey, episode 69, you'll remember that he mentioned a number of different marriage retreats that they have at Windshape. And one of their most exciting programs is called Marriage Adventures. And for this episode, Matt draws on his experience from leading these adventures to tell us a little bit more about how we can create more adventures in our own marriages. So with that, let's get a little adventurous and dive into this interview with Ted Lowe and Dr. Matt Turvey. Matt, thanks for coming back. My pleasure. Good to be here again, man. Good deal. Well, we're excited. I know your last um, podcast was so powerful and you unpacked you know, how important it is to deal with our, our baggage. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about today is it's a little bit different than yeah. that, but it, I think it gets at the heart of the same thing. It's you're a big believer in couples connecting and laughing and having fun. You know, we say on this podcast all the time that we want to make marriage real fun and simple. Perfect. Uh, And as you and I have talked over the years, you're pretty passionate about this whole idea of couples connecting through adventure, through fun. But before we get to that, why don't couples, do you think, why do you find that couples stop having fun once they get married. Not everybody, <laughs> but a lot of them kind of, you know, the fun's what got them together. Yeah. And we believe fun will keep them together. Absolutely. Well, what happens for a couple that just used to enjoy each other and make time? They're just not. What's the realities there? Man, life just happens. Um, kids happen. I love my kids, but, you know, they take a lot of work. And they're just, like, your schedule happens. Just stuff gets in the way, and we forget to prioritize fun. Fun is so important because so much happens when you're having fun, when you're having an adventure with your spouse. Um, you're just outside of, of all just that junk that piles up week in, week out with, with you know, careers and good stuff. I mean, great stuff. But um, we forget to do it. So you got to be pretty intentional about that to make it happen. I think a lot of times there's guilt, too, when I talk to couples, mm-hmm. those that are parents, that they feel there's like this underlying guilt that they're taking time as a couple. Or there's this, you know, they should be able to come with us. If I say to a couple, hey, you should go take a vacation, just the two of you. Oh, the kids, they, that would hurt their feelings. Talk a little bit, because that's a shift, I think, for our generation. For parents, yeah. Yeah. So... Where's the guilt coming from? Yeah, your kids will live. Um, we, <laughs> I, I've learned that. We've done plenty with, <laughs> without our kids. Done a lot with our kids as well. Um, but, you know, you're right. I think we, we are such a we're, – we're, we're kind of like this pseudo-connected generation. We want to be so connected. So we sometimes think presence is connection. Well, presence isn't always connection. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you got to be more intentional about how you craft an experience to really connect with your kids or with your spouse. So I'm, I'm, I'm just a big believer that sometimes as parents, if they focus too much on the kids 
and let the kids make too many decisions, that's actually counterproductive. Because if you give a kid the ability or the, the option to make all the decisions for your family, that's probably more stress than a seven-year-old kid really should have. And mm. so I actually would say hmm. you're, you're, you're doing a disservice to your kids for giving them that much power and that much influence in your family. Give them choices they can handle. They can hmm. figure out, hey, you want to go here to eat or there to eat? But don't say, hey, should we eat at home or should we go out or what do you want to do? That's, it depends on the age, obviously. Hmm. But sometimes we give our kids so much power and influence in the relationship that we lose power and influence in the relationship when we can be benevolent despots in, 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 in our marriage and family. That's what we got to be. We, we lay on the law, but we got to do it in a way that's loving and, and benevolent. Oh, that's great. Well, I, I think you're right. I will watch, you know, I was watching, you know, you guys were on House Hunters. Yes, we were. Uh, so, yeah. So we talked about that last podcast. So if you need to know that story, it's a good one. Go back to that episode. But I watched this episode of House Hunters where the couple what we're letting the six-year-old and the four-year-old vote on which house to choose. Oh, yep. And they were dead serious. And I think their intentions were right, but I'm going, there's not a chance I'm going to let a six-year-old tell me where to move right. and what I can afford and what's best. But I do watch that. It's, I think a lot of times parents, it's all in the name of love, but you're right. It does put this sense of pressure. You know, go be it. We tell our kids all the time, that's a big person problem. Go be a kid. Go be a kid, right? Go be a kid. No, no, no. And my daughter especially, she has anxiety. And I go, no, no, that's a big person problem. Don't you worry about that. But I do, they, they not only put pressure on their kids to help them decide or those different things, but it's also this thing of, I don't want you to feel, I think we think we, if we go do something as a couple, that it's going to make them feel less loved. Right. Matt, what does it do for kids when they see mom and dad making time for fun and date night and all those things? So here's what I hope, because my wife and I think have done a pretty good job of getting away <laughs> when, <laughs> when we need to. What I hope it does is that it lets our kids know that we are safe. Mom and dad, we're together. We're a team. Mm-hmm. We love you guys with all of our hearts, but we also love each other with all our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're going to last. We're going to be here. I remember when I was uh, going off to college, had a, I have one younger brother, and I was I was leaving for college, and I think I was two years ahead of him. And so I remember when my younger brother was ready to go to college, I talked to my dad. I said, Dad, you know... Marshall is his name. Marshall's going off to college. I'm off at college. Like, are you and mom really going to be okay? Like, are you like, should we come back? Should I move back home so you and mom can make it? And he goes, son, he goes, I married your mom, not you. And I, thought, I love that's that. That's perfect. Yeah. And so at that point I thought, okay, all pressure's off. I don't have mm. to be somebody for my, mom, for my mom and dad. They can be in love and, and best friends. And they are to this day. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I always feel that way with my, my stepmom, uh, my mom passed away when I was 10. My dad remarried went right before I went to college. And one of the greatest gifts that that gave me was not worrying about my dad. Yeah, no pressure. And I think, you know, right now, there's no there's no contest if you'd say, who's more important to, to him, his wife or me? I'm going to lose that every time, <laughs> which I love because they're doing life together every yeah. single day, live a couple hours away. And so I know that he is being loved uh, well, I love that. I married your mom, not, not you. <laughs> you. That is a banner that goes over uh, over us all. I love that. So, part of what you do is you create marriage retreats for couples. You get to see what that does. And one of the things you've started doing over the last couple of years. This is the thing when I talk to you that you kind of. S- sit up and you get a little excited, and sometimes can't even sit down to talk about. <laughs> you've created this. Well, first, let me ask you this. What does getting away, 
do for the couple? You know, we say it's good for kids to see that mom and dad are good. What is getting away for a few days without the kids? What does that do for a marriage, do you think? I think it reminds us what's important. It reminds us, like, like you got married for a reason, right? You love this lady. You love this guy that you got married to. And you had amazing experiences in those early days when you were dating, when you were newlyweds. You had the honeymoon, right? And the honeymoon, everybody talks about the honeymoon. We all, if you have a physical honeymoon or not, like, you have this honeymoon phase. Mm. And so getting away sometimes helps us just have a little taste again of what that honeymoon is. Mm. And it reminds us. It, it, it reconnects us to that to that joy, to that satisfaction, to that longing, to that just sense of, ah, like I'm with the right person. So that's, I think, a lot of what it does. Funny. And it's so funny, especially when our kids were smaller, we realized how low the bar was, what getting, <laughs> what getting away going meant. Going to Target, baby. <laughs> just going to Target. Or I mean, we went away for the first time after our third one was born. We okay, she's big enough that we can leave her with the grandparents. And we stopped at the gas station and we went, oh. We can both go inside. <laughs> it was like, this is amazing. So the bar gets really, really yes, low. Yes, it does. But it's it's so fun. We always say when we do our annual trip that we come back as better parents. They're worse kids because they've been with the grandparents. So you have to offset that. But we come back as better, yeah. actually come back as better parents yeah. and we're refreshed. And like you said, you get to you get to connect, you get to get to play, and there's just something that happens. Tell me this, because I feel like when I talk to couples and you say, is dating important? They'll go, yeah. But I feel like a lot of the answers I get is that fun and dating, it's not essential, it's extra. Mm. It's, we'll do that when this happens. Because there's no bill coming for having fun. There's no marriage meeting to have. There's not all the other accountabilities of things that we have in our life that we do. Get a root canal, go to kids' <laughs> soccer. We do all these things, some that we hate because there's accountability. And then there's not a ton of accountability or if any accountability to go and have fun in your marriage. But I think people put it off. We'll do this when the kids are bigger. We will, uh, when the kids are out of the house, you know, and the divorce rate, the only one that's on the increase is empty nesters. Yep, yep. Because they're sitting there going, who? Who are you? Who I married? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And it's always weird on that. People just do the math because you're going to be together with each other way longer you're going to be with kids. I mean, we just sent our first to college and went, wow, that was quick. I'm glad I like you I because, well... People don't think that it's essential. They think it's extra. Tell, you know, why is it essential? Well, you know, relationships don't happen in vacuums. You've got to have a relationship face-to-face. And so if you don't take the time to invest in it, it's get, like your relationship will be a mirror. It'll be a reflection of how much time and effort you put into it. Mm. So if you're, just, if you're just letting it, flo- letting it, letting it uh, afloat and, and eh, we'll get to it when we get to it, that's a value statement. You know, mm. saying, that's eh, it's not that important. So... Couples that spend good time together, whether that's conversation, whether that's date nights, whether that's adventures, vacations, whatever it is, like they just are are building up that that bank account essentially. I mean, that's an old analogy, but it really is what it, what's true. Like you, the more you put into that bank account for your marriage, the more you got to take out later when mm-hmm. times are tough. Because right. if that bank account dwindles, you got nothing to pull out when when you when you have to when there's a, a challenge, a crisis, uh, an emergency, whatever. So I don't know that there's really any. I don't have a brilliant answer for that other than like I can tell you from experience that when my wife and I are having fun together and we're having time away from the kids, we show it better for each other. We show it better for the kids. Mm-hmm. We show it better for the Lord because we're acting out of a, a place of health as opposed to desperation and like always <laughs> clawing for that next thing. Oh, so good. So one of the things you've been really pumped up about, I mentioned it earlier, are sending couples on these marriage adventures. Yes. 
talk about that. <laughs> so Wednesday marriage, we do three main things as, our, as our, our programmatic elements. We do intensives for couples who are facing challenges who want breakthrough. Those are more clinical experiences. We do retreats for couples who want a weekend away and want to focus on a certain aspect of their marriage. Then the adventures are kind of these big experiences. They're typically a week long. And, and there are places anywhere around the world where there is an experience that has an element of journey and an element of challenge, okay? So you're going to go on a journey with your spouse, and you're going to overcome a challenge with your spouse. So places that we go, we do the Inca Trail in Machu Picchu. Uh, it's a four-day hike to Machu Picchu in Peru. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I can tell about that. We do sailings in the British Virgin Islands. Incredible, gorgeous little uh, catamarans that we have four couples on there. We go to the Lycian Way in Turkey. We have a hike through the Scottish Highlands. Uh, we do something called the Jesus Trail in Israel. And then we also have the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain, which is an ancient Christian pilgrimage. Here's the deal. Every day is crafted intentionally around your marriage. So it's not just a, it's not a vacation. Like That's a bad word in our vocabulary. Um, this is an intentional experience for you and your spouse to ask questions about each other, to have conversations with each other, to have experiences together with each other that you need to have, and that will support the health and vitality of your marriage. I want to go. Please, we'll take you. Come I on, in, go. anywhere. I've seen, I've seen there, <laughs> people are driving on the way to work, or they're going for a run, going, wait a minute, I want to go. <laughs> That is, that is amazing. Talk a little bit about what are what are some success stories of what happens at these retreats. You know what's so cool? Just last week, we had a group. These are all small group experiences. Okay, I should have said that. But six couples typically will go. And, and we, we help couples in this process of what we call experiential discipleship. So it's this idea that we're going to walk together through this journey. We're going to overcome this challenge together. But just last week in the office, we had uh, six couples come in. It was a group of couples from all over the country, actually, who were connected through one couple, what we call a host couple, who invited these five other couples on the journey with them. Um, and they were in the office. They had done the Inca Trail last year, all in their in their 60s. You know, so Inca Trail's tough, man. I mean, if you are not in shape, you, you're you walking up the second day, this this hill, uh, a mountain, goes up to 14,000 feet. You feel like a chubby smoker like if, you, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're not in shape, okay? So it's tough. But these couples that did it, and they said, that was the hardest thing we have ever done in our life. But they said, we did it together, and it was the most powerful experience of our marriage. And that's what we're trying to create for people. We're just trying to give them this experience where when you do something together, when you have what psychologists like to call a superordinate goal, it's a goal that you can't do on your own. It takes two people to achieve. That's what all these journeys are. We craft that experience. So when you do that together, you know that you can do anything else together. And that's a good metaphor for anybody's marriage. I love that. That is so stinking fun, dude. I'm so glad you guys are doing that. They're and so it's, fun. You've just created your ideal job and blame it on psychology. Like, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's pretty brilliant. And I think we talk a lot about how do we help marriages 2.0, mm-hmm. marriage ministry 2.0. And I feel like that's you're on the cutting edge of that to say, you know, I think a lot of times people think working on their marriage is, wow, it's going to be a little... It's just work. It's just work. Drudgery. It's going to be drudgery. It's going to be hard. And it can be. And that's okay. And we talked about it last episode. Yep. That it's, it's work that can be hard, but it's so worth it. Absolutely. Um, but to be on this thing of saying, hey, go have fun. Go do these things. Connect. Keep asking good questions. Yes. So talk a little bit about when, when you think in terms of content. More questions. I know you want to give away the secret sauce, but what are? Give me an example of a couple yeah. of questions that have made a difference for people. So a lot of the 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 curriculum, if you will, around um, our marriage adventures, something that I wrote a few years ago, and it's really just this idea that that goes back to some pretty um, 
old, ancient, I wouldn't say ancient, but I'd say five, six hundred year old Christian principles around spiritual direction and spiritual formation. So the idea, you know, we talked about this last time even, is that I have a, a pretty deep faith in individuals. If they ask the right questions about themselves, and if they are willing to just open themselves up and, and kind of remove the busyness, the stuff that, that gets in the way of life, like there are, there are deep core truths in us that God's placed in our hearts. So I think the, the job of adventures is to get couples outside in, in creation, in nature, and just to um, take the time away from technology, away from stress in creation to start asking those important questions. So I'll, I'll tell you, we, we talk about six core principles when couples are on any of these adventures. Mm-hmm. We talk about a vision for your relationship and for your marriage. We want to talk about, hey, what are you moving towards? What is your marriage going to be about? Mm-hmm. We talk about truth. How do you define truth in your marriage? Who is the source of truth in mm-hmm. your relationship? How often do you go to that source of truth? Let's, let's talk about eternal truths. Uh, we talk about discovery, having a posture of discovery in your relationship. And how easy is it to have a posture of discovery when you're hiking the Inca Trail, when you're sailing in the British Virgin Islands, you know, when you're walking the Camino de Santiago, a place you've never been before, mm-hmm. and all around you is something new. And you're starting to, to carry over that, that thought of like, I just found this new, you know, about Spain or the Camino or other uh, pilgrims who've walked this experience in the past 1,200 years. I want to find something new about my spouse. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. you've been married 30, 40, 50 years sometimes, people are saying, I, want to, I still want to know more about you. Discovery mm. necessitates a posture mm. of humility in your relationship. So vision, truth, discovery. We talk about unity. We talk about how can we be close to each other. We talk about constancy. Constancy is the difference. Not consistency, but constancy. And it's a word that um, has meant a lot to me because I feel like so many times marriage curriculum will say, you got to be consistent. you got to do the right thing over and over and over again. And that doesn't leave a lot, of, a lot of room for grace in my mind. So mm. constancy is this idea that we're going to do as many times as possible the right thing. I'm going to do the next right thing for my wife, for mm. our kids, but I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. I'm going to screw up, you know? And so constancy says, I will keep trying to do the right thing over and over and over again. But consistency says, oh, you better do the right thing every time mm. or you're doomed. So mm. I don't want I I to put that shame on people. Vision, truth, discovery, unity, constancy, and then finally celebration. We say we're going to celebrate. Like you talk about, we're going to have a blast. I mean, some of the, you, you talk about celebration when you reach the final day of the hike to Machu Picchu and you are dog tired and you are stinky because your shower for the past four days has consisted of a bowl of lukewarm water and maybe an alcohol wipe. So <laughs> you're cleaning up with that. Um, but you, you summit, right? This final like 24, 25 steps and you go up this hill and you see Machu Picchu for the first time. And it's this beautiful Incan citadel in the middle of the mountains. It's amazing because it's not it, like it shouldn't be there, but it's there. And when you do that with your spouse, like there is a different level. You realize that we have done this together. You share a kiss, you share a stinky hug, um, and you are on cloud nine, literally. So th- those, are, those are the core principles we talk about. We have couples all day long. Um, we, we meditate on certain scriptures. We talk about scriptural principles. So that guides us in the morning. Uh, we always start with a devotion each day about the principle of the day. Then um, couples read that. Then throughout the activities each day, I give them three main questions. The host couples give three main questions each couple, and you have these conversations about those principles throughout the day. Gather back around the evening, wherever after after you're done or or uh, or over dinner, and we have couples share their marriage testimony, maybe their spiritual testimony, and then debrief on some of the principles that day what the Lord's been speaking to them, just to see where they're at uh, in, in in those core principles. That's amazing. Yes. So, who are the adventures for? Like what? 
where are couples? Is this for couples that are doing great? Are these couples doing good? Are these couples that are struggling? Who is the ventures for? Like, the- yeah, good, good question. So it, it's really it's it's not for couples in crisis. I will I will say that. I mean, if you're in crisis and you're hiking a a, a mountain in in the Andes, because um, <laughs> people fight on vacation, I've noticed they, it can happen. Yeah, so yeah, we don't want to push you over the edge, you know. So so for couples who are saying, you know what, we. Like we have intensives, or other groups have intensives, so that's for a couple who's really facing a big crisis. But if you're in transition, or you want to invest in your marriage, it's a great way to celebrate your marriage. I mean, it, it's just it's a mountaintop experience for couples who do these, and um, it, it's such an intentional process, I would say, throughout the adventure that it, it is not a vacation. That's what I, I want to make sure people hear because it sounds like, oh, you're just doing vacations, man. There is so much psychological research behind why this works. There's there's the psychology, the theology. We've got it all nailed down because we want to make sure that. They're, they're productive, and the couples walk away saying, "I don't like. I don't quite know why, but I'm different as a result of that experience." That's kind of my goal. They're surprised by the idea that we have a stronger marriage at the end of it. What is the psychological research? What is it finding? What is it saying? Yeah. So, um, one of the key things we're trying to do with couples is when you get outside of your 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 kind of regular schedule, we, we create kind of a, a safe sense of disequilibrium. That's the fancy term for it. So we, we get couples off kilter. We get them out in nature. We know that when you're out in nature for at least three days, there's kind of like this biological reset that your body goes through. And it's like, okay, like I can be back. I can, like I'm talking really fast. So uh, I can slow down and I can look around and I actually register things in my brain a little bit differently. Things will stick a little bit more. Um, so you, you get out, you get rested, even in the midst of challenge. Um, we create that sense of disequilibrium. And when you have disequilibrium, you want to solve it. You want to figure it out. So we make it so you can't solve that disequilibrium unless you do that with your spouse. Because often in life, we kind of will solve things on our own. And there's time there's times for that, you know. Sure. But in adventures, you're going to solve that together. So when, that, when those challenges are overcome, when you're on that journey, there's some pretty cool neurotransmitters that are kind of firing when you have these powerful experiences, powerful experiences of flow. That's another psychological term that's out there. Mihaly Chechen Mahali, a, a, a psychologist in Eastern Europe, is the guy who, who popularized this concept of flow years ago. But in those moments of flow, you're so focused on the experience that like, you just feel like everything fades away. I don't know, if you're a biker or a runner, it's kind of like that runner's high where suddenly you're just in the zone. And so imagine being in that zone with your spouse. Mm. Okay, so when you're in there, when you conquer, when you achieve this stuff with your spouse, things like oxytocin is released. That's the cuddle hormone. You know, a lot of people talk about that now. Adrenaline is released. We're not trying to be adrenaline junkies. We're not going to kill anybody on these adventures. But adrenaline, when it's released and kind of in this this um, the, the model of you and your spouse, like that actually helps you remember things better. So we call it a positive memory fixative. When you release that surge of, of adrenaline, you're going to remember that experience more than like going to the gas station. Like maybe, you know, maybe your gas station date was really powerful for you, <laughs> but, but normally it's not. So you don't remember the last time you got gas probably, but the last time you summited Machu Picchu, like you're going to remember that because yeah. stuff, stuff's happening there. So um, different stuff like that. Like we, we, just, we just know that that stuff works. So again, we're trying to create the space for transformation to happen in couples' marriages. I love it. And again, I want to go. I love this. <laughs> so... A lot of people that are listening, they get it. They're thinking, never going to happen for me. Some, some may be thinking, I'm going to make that happen, and we're going to put the links to that in our show notes yep. to make sure they can find that. But talk to the majority of people that are listening to this right now, and you're saying, man, 
adventure is good, dating is yeah. good, getting time away. What is one simple thing that everybody listening, and you can give a, a couple different options depending where couples are, but what is one simple thing that couples can do to make sure they're taking time to have fun? Because we have some friends of ours, and and I've shared this probably too many times, but I'll share it because it makes the example, is they were about to go away, just the two of them. And they... Um, came over to our house the night before and they had gotten a babysitter for, for the trip and the whole bit. And they said, we're dreading this trip. And I'm like, why? They said, well, we keep fighting about whether to stay in our current house or move. Uh, and we felt like we're going to fight about it the whole time we're there. And I said to them, why don't you take a vacation from talking about fight. that? Exactly. And then they looked at me, very, very smart people went, can you do that? And so I, th- I think it's okay to say, hey, we, we don't want people to stuff issues. But at the same time, I think it's okay to say, Hey, we'll talk about this, but on date night or on this thing, protect we're going to protect that time. We're going to protect that. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that later. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even the whole idea that sometimes we throw around in church of never let the sun go down on your anger. I mean, I'm not even sure that's exactly what Paul meant when he said that. <laughs> right. Like, like there's times where, you know what? It's okay to maybe go to bed angry because half the time you do that, you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to forget what you were fighting about. So I'm not Amen. a. Like, I'm just. I want to be careful about that. Some people take that pretty strongly, but if you can solve it, solve it, right? But um, sometimes it's time and, 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 and a distance from the discussion will actually help you see with a different perspective. Mm. So take the vacation, take the date night, protect it from conflict, then you're going to come back to the conflict in a rest and relaxed posture when you can actually think a little bit better. This, um, it's interesting. There's, there's some research out there that talks about how um, you can't have a real argument in your marriage if, if your pulse is ever over 100 to 110 beats per minute. Got John Gottman out in Seattle talks about this. So a lot of what I do sometimes with couples is that you know, you're starting to have a conflict and boot, you're just, your blood pressure raises, your pulses mm. is quickening, all that stuff. You, if you recognize that and say, hold on, we need to kind of take a time out, go relax, go figure out what we need to do to, to calm down. If you come back in a relaxed physical state, you can actually have that conversation a lot better. So when you're on adventures, people, we don't, we don't have them, you know, have deep conversations with their huge adrenaline rush right there. Their pulse is crazy high. But when you're relaxed like that and you're focused and you're in flow and you're in tune, then you can actually have conversations that maybe before you never could have, but you can do it here because you're outside of the norm. You're having a different, a different space for that conversation. It's it's so true. Like we would take our vacations and we would say just the two of us, hey, we're not we're not gonna talk about anything. No issues, we're gonna relax. Because I'm the one that's always, hey, let's talk about this. Let's talk. She's like, oh no, no. But we always did have great conversations. Good. Yeah. It always there's, you know, what is it? Well, let me say if you can do that on a vacation, why can you not do that at home? Like that's that's the deal. Because people think, oh no, we can't do it, it's not gonna happen. But you actually can. Like if you change the environment, sometimes you actually can change the conversations that you have. There was an old psychologist or family therapist um, named Carl Whitaker, and he was known for doing crazy stuff with couples. But he used to tell couples, if you're having a fight that you can't solve, go jump in the bathtub, take your clothes off, and have the same argument. Can you imagine <laughs> having the argument naked in the bathtub, looking at each other? Like pe- couples can't do it. Like you're so, so, so far removed from the environment we normally have that conversation. Mm. So I don't recommend that for all couples. But like our adventures actually help couples do that. They mm. have conversations they need to have in a different environment and come with solutions they wouldn't have come up with mm. in their old environment. Because I find that couples don't talk about that thing unless they're in the middle of the stress of that thing. Yeah. They want to talk that? about you're late. You're, you come home late every night. So they're in the middle of it. Pulse is up, out the roof. Mm-hmm. They're fighting about that. But if you're at a retreat and you go... Hey, can you tell him a little bit how it feels when he's late? 
they can talk about a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Because their body's the set up. Because when your blood pressure's up, what what keeps that from going well? Like, what does that, your body being amped up do to communication? Oh, well, actually what it does, it closes down your frontal lobe. Frontal lobe is the, the place of logic, the place of how we can have rational conversation. Mm. And so when your body's amped up, like it just can't react the same way because that frontal lobe shuts down you, mm. and you can't logically think through um, a conversation. So people go on these adventures, they're having a fun, all the feel-good chemicals are happening. Yeah. They're not in the middle of it, and they can talk about it. Absolutely. So one simple thing, Matt, you and I do this all the time. We get together and of course I'm captain ADHD. So I know I lead you down <laughs> lots of trails, adventures at least. <laughs> Here you go. Um, what is the one simple thing for everybody listening when it comes to this idea of having an adventure with their spouse? I would say the one thing couples can recognize, what they need to recognize is literally that they can, they can just do it. And I know that sounds like Nike, but like put it on your calendar. If you're a calendar outlook type person, just put it on there. People who talk about physical intimacy, you can talk about scheduling sex. And there's a point in your life where like you just may need to do that. And just schedule 100%. a couple hours for intimacy and say, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go to town, you know, from seven to nine or whatever <laughs> whatever it is. But like and if it leads to sex, that's great. If it doesn't, no worries. But just enjoy each other's company for those two hours. So I guess I would say that to be as an intentional about it and to recognize that we've got these tools that we use for business purposes, for leadership purposes, for all that stuff. You can use it for relationship purposes also. I tell you, the one tool I use that, that I love the most, it's this little free app called Yap, Y-A-P-P. Mm-hmm. And it is a deal that all it does is it lets you create 12 gentle random reminders throughout the day. So I have this thing ding for me about 12 times each day, and it says, hey, how's the tension in your forehead? And so I say, I stop, I take a deep breath, and I recognize, oh, you know what? I'm kind of stressed right now. I relax. Have it ding one other time. I say, stop, take three deep breaths. I do that. Makes difference. One, it says, hey, where's the Lord working in your life right now? And so I get these little reminders throughout the day, and I just, I stop, and I say, okay, I'm going to do this. Do that for your marriage. You know, like I want, hey, stop. What's one positive thing about your spouse right now? Think about it. Maybe don't do anything with it, but just what's one positive thing about your sweetie that maybe you should tell her tonight or something like that. So that's that's what I've used lately. It's been a lot of fun for me because it just reminds me to do some of that stuff that I think is important, but I fail to put on my calendar because life just happens. I love it. And so I, I really also think like what you guys do is incredible. I mean, you guys got a ton of resources on marriedpeople.org. And so I, I totally recommend people to go there because I've known you for years, man. And I know that everything you put out there um, is just top notch and it's quality. So when couples want to do something, they want to have that resource, like go there because it's, it's worthwhile. You've got the stuff. Um, they don't have to recreate the wheel. You've already done that. I've done all that work for them. Love it. I love it. Matt, thanks for coming back, man. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate I love you, it. man. Thank you for doing what you do, man. I, I love it. And once again, I want to go. <laughs> Come along. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by the Married People Membership. The Married People Membership is an affordable monthly subscription that gives married couples like you a ton of great resources every month. That's like date nights, videos, ebooks, messages, and more, all to help you make your marriage better. We are so excited about this resource, and you can buy it for yourself or give it away as an anniversary gift to your spouse or another couple whose marriage you want to pour into. And if you want to learn more, all you need to do is visit marriedpeople.org. That's it for us this week. Until next time, I'm CJ and thanks for listening.